Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Fizz Final. Carter Bainbridge along with Cam is there with you tonight talking about Syracuse's loss to Wake Forest in overtime today, 40-37, to a tough one for Dino Babers and company. A good effort against a good team, but SU came up just a little bit short. Cam, give me your thoughts on this game. It's heartbreaking for any Syracuse fan. You go off that Florida State game and you're saying, well, you know, this team's still three and two. You're still above 500 on top of the fact that at least Syracuse played it close, showed the poise that this orange team hasn't showed for a few years now, had a leader in Garrett Schrader, Sean Tucker, although not having his best game, still out over 100 yards against Florida State. So you enter this Wake Forest game with a bit of optimism. You come back home, you're playing a ranked team, a lot of opportunity behind playing ranked teams here in 2021. It seems like the committee, Carter, loves to uh, put teams in the rankings after they beat a ranked team, not saying Syracuse would have been in that position, but you come into this game with a lot of optimism and to play so well out of the gates, uh, both the offense and the defense, and to watch that defense crumble after momentum was completely stripped away from the orange in the second quarter. And then also to watch this orange team do what they did in the fourth quarter, but still come up short in overtime. It's devastating if you're a Syracuse fan, because now you head into Clemson an opportunity to be below 500. If you lose to the tigers and, you know, bowl eligibility seems, uh, seems a mile away now. Yeah, for sure. It's not going to get any easier for Syracuse. They have ACC teams left. And I think what we've seen over the past two weeks, especially when the Florida State game, is that Syracuse can't guarantee a win against any team in this conference because if they couldn't beat Florida State, nobody felt very good coming into this week to play Wake Forest. And they kept this game about as close as that one against Florida State. I mean, they didn't take the Seminoles to overtime, but they took the, the Demon Deacons to overtime. And what you said about the committee putting in teams into the top 25 after they beat a ranked team, I'm with you on that. And I think that's fine. But I think Syracuse, even if they had stolen this one today from Wake Forest, I don't think they would have been in. However, I think that Syracuse, if they had beaten Florida State and won this game today at five and one with a win over Wake Forest, Syracuse is definitely in the top 25. But that's two games that Syracuse hasn't gotten they're not five and one. They're three and three after tonight. So that's just wishful thinking. And it's Clemson next week. So it doesn't get any easier. It really doesn't. And just to go to this Wake Forest game and kind of delve deeper. I mean, so many records were broken. Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker with back-to-back games with over a hundred yards rushing. I haven't, you know, I haven't gone into the archives, but I will say that's probably the one of the first times that a quarterback running back tandem has done that in Syracuse history. When you talk about Sean Tucker had over 130 yards on the ground, maybe even over 150 at this point, it seemed like he was getting whatever he wanted and the run game was the focal point. And I liked how at least Syracuse stayed with it and didn't try to get out of their system. Sean Tucker, four straight games with over a hundred care or a hundred yards rushing. First time that's happened since 2012. Garrett Schrader, a career high, 178 yards. This guy has been phenomenal. And I think it's, 
there was a stat the, the third quarterback in orange history to have back-to-back games with over 100 rushing yards uh, just ever since 1979. I, it's phenomenal what these two did. It's unfortunate the result. Uh, and there are a lot of things that you can bring it to. And Carter, if I was going to throw something at you, you already know what it is. That second quarter, that penalty, choosing to take the holding penalty and pushing the offense potentially out of field goal range. And then what occurred after that resulting in a touchdown at the end of the second quarter, that's the momentum shifter. That's the game in my opinion. I'm totally with you. So but let's, let's put that on the burner for just a second. I want to oh, touch on, on just them. Uh, we'll okay. get to it. We'll get to it. Okay, but okay. we said, uh, Sean Tucker, very, very good game. 26 carries 153 yards. So you had it. He had over 150, three total touchdowns, two on the ground, one receiving. That was the last one he caught from Schrader with under 30 seconds to tie the game. Meanwhile, the guy who threw that pass, Garrett Schrader had more carries 29 and more yards, 178, also a touchdown on the ground. And you called him phenomenal. I would agree with that. I mean, this is pretty much the best case scenario for Garrett Schrader. He's shown that he deserved to start for this orange offense. It's been running better since he's been in. I mean, I, I hate to disparage Tommy DeVito, but I mean, it's, it, it's time for him to take a seat and watch Garrett Schrader run the offense because he came in from Mississippi state expectations were probably a little bit lower than we would like to admit, but all he's done since he's been in is beat Liberty and then play very, very well against Florida state and a ranked wake forest team. And I don't think either of those losses are really on his shoulders. I think that they're on the shoulders of the coaching staff. And that's how I'm going to turn to this roundabout point. You asked me about with this second quarter holding penalty. And we've, we've done some research on this. And Cam, I completely agree with you that this is the biggest play of the game. We didn't realize it at the time, but the setting for this play, third and 13 from the Syracuse 34, the wake offense is on the field, 346 to go in the second quarter. So it's nearing halftime. Syracuse is leading 21 to 10. They got off to an outstanding start in this game, trailed three to nothing, then took a 14 to three lead, then increased it to 21 10. They're pretty much in control. Wake Forest can't run the ball. They're getting a lot of pressure on Sam Hartman. And on this third and 13, Hartman throws incomplete. But there is an offensive holding penalty on the play. We really didn't think anything of it at the time. It seems like a no brainer that Dino Babers would decline this because what would happen? With no yards gained, it would mean Wake Forest would line up for a 51-yard field goal on this play. And although they have a good kicker, I don't think that they feel confident enough to take it. If they do, you can't assume they're going to make it. That is a very difficult kick, even for an NFL kicker, let alone the ACC kicker. So I think for Dino Babers, you have to make them do that. You have to force their hand instead of accepting this penalty, which is what he did. And what happened was Wake Forest then converts a 25-yard pass play on third and 23. They score five plays later. The moment that penalty was accepted, Wake Forest goes on to outscore Syracuse 30-16 to in the game. And according to ESPN, before that play, the 25-yard completion, Syracuse had a 73.2% chance to win the game. Wow. After the 25-yard gain, it dropped to 62.8%. That is over a 10% drop in your win expectancy on one play. So the, the idea that everyone in the building kind of knew it was a big play at the time, I think is validated by that metric because it's 
intangible. And I mean, Wake Forest could have turned the ball over on the very next play. They didn't. They scored because they're a good team. But you can't accept the penalty in that situation against a team this good, Cam. You really can't. And you don't want to take away credit from Sam Hartman. He played well. Yes, the efficiency wasn't there. But the efficiency for Sam Hartman all year really hasn't been there. It's just been the yardage and the consistency with his touchdown production as well. Over 300 yards in the air for him, two touchdowns to go or two or three, three touchdowns to go along with it. Yeah, Sam Hartman played well. But yeah, if there's one play that you can say this was a, a game-changing decision, I, I, it has to be that play. I'm not taking away from what Wake Forest did. They played well in that second half and the, at the end of the second quarter to put themselves in a position to win. But that play, for Syracuse then to surrender 16 straight points in the third quarter, and then on top of that, it just seemed like everyone on the Syracuse offense didn't have their mojo for that stretch, got it back toward the end, Dino Babers has to go back and assess how he makes decisions because he turned to a coach on the sideline and they kind of made the decision that the team would take the holding penalty. And I, 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 okay, I get it at the moment. I, you have to, you have to talk about it with your team, talk about it with your defense, talk about it with the guys that are actually on the field. That's something that upset me. Dino Babers preaches. This is a family. I don't know how, you know, it wasn't much of a family decision. This guy's choosing to make this play on his own accord. So, yeah, that was that was a huge part of this game. I think it was definitely a, a definite game changer in this one. And the only rationale that I've heard that's even a little bit reasonable for accepting that penalty is that Dino Babers was feeling really good about his defense and wanted to try to get maybe just a little bit better field position on a punt for Wake Forest or wanted to try to make them throw deep against Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams. But no matter how well your defense is playing, you're playing against the number 19 team in the country. So this is a this is a call in this game that Dino Babers is going to get questions for. And because it ended up costing his team a touchdown in the end, I mean, they still had to make plays. They did not stop the wake offense. They gave up the touchdown. That's not Dino Babers' fault. But he put them in a position to give up that score. So to me, it's on his hands. And he should be a stand-up guy and answer questions about that. At the same time, what we saw in this game is that one play can't really decide the game. I think we were shown that with the Cooper Lutz fumble in the fourth quarter that a lot of Syracuse fans in the Dome thought had just lost the game because they started filing out uh, in masses of their <laughs> Dome seats. Uh, and I'm sure they felt pretty foolish when they got outside the the swinging doors and heard the crowd erupt for Sean Tucker's touchdown just a few minutes later. But for Dino Babers, that's a really rough call. He's going to get questions about that. And I think it, he will get them fairly so and appropriately so. And it's not the only call in this game that he made that was questionable. So let's shift over to another one this time in the fourth quarter, Cam, you and I didn't really have as much of a problem with this as other people did, but it's still worth mentioning with seven minutes and 13 seconds to go in the fourth, Syracuse is leading 27 to 16. So Wake Forest has come alive on offense. Syracuse retook the lead, and it's fourth and two from the Wake Forest 27-yard line. Dino Babers says, I'm going to kick the field goal. He sends out Andre Schmidt, a guy who has won the Lou Groza Award. Of course, that was years ago, but Schmidt does not make the field goal. He misses and Wake Forest scores a touchdown on their ensuing drive. So if there's momentum to be lost in a missed field goal, they lost it there. They gave up the touchdown. And what some people wanted 
including Brent Axe, one of the local Syracuse uh, guys who covers the team, is for Dino Babers to go for it. He said, you have a dominant running game and opt for the field goal. Cam, do you agree with that line of thinking? So one thing that Brent Axe always does well, and he's someone that obviously I, I respect in the uh, you know, on, in Syracuse and, and with his articles and everything he puts out is one thing that he does well is he's very good at appeasing the audience and everyone wanted Syracuse to go for it. Every single person. So do I blame, you know, the media for saying you should go for it in that situation? Not at all. Syracuse was riding high. So, I, but I wasn't upset that they went for a field goal. I was more upset. The fact that Dino Babers went for two when they scored a touchdown to make it 27 to 26 to try to make it a three-point game in the third quarter. I was more upset in that situation because that changes the whole dynamic of the game. You get the extra point, 28-26, and now you're forcing Wake Forest. If they score a touchdown, no matter what, Syracuse has a chance to take the lead with a touchdown of their own. So yeah, you could blame Dino Babers for not wanting to go for it. But at the same time, I feel like it didn't really make that much of a difference. Of course, it gave Wake Forest the ball back, but not going for it on fourth down. I, I like the points in that situation because Babers was already burned the past couple of weeks for not going with the points. So I understand his thought process. I understand what both Brent Axe and everyone in Syracuse wanted. But I, I, I mean, Carter, I don't know what you think. I think I blame Dino Babers more for what for playing in the Wake Forces game. They went for two in a situation they didn't have to to possibly go up seven. Why go for two? That changes the complexity of the game. I, you know, we we agreed that the field goal call was was not one that we felt like we could fairly criticize. Some other people have the the call that I have more of a problem with Cam, and I just came to my mind because you talked about the two point conversions was the delay of game that Syracuse took on their game tying or you know game tying touchdown ultimately with under 30 seconds left Sean Tucker got the pass on a little check down from Schrader he ran in from about 30 yards out Syracuse is just going crazy it's 34 to 33 and Syracuse initially lines up to go for two but it looks like to everyone in the building if you look down on the sideline that the coaches like you know can't get the play sheets out of their pockets or don't have their radios working correctly or something they can't dial up what they want to in time or at least can't decide they take a delay of game with the team standing there not knowing what to do. And then you have to take an extra point, which didn't feel great with the field goal Andre Schmidt had already missed. I mean, that was a heart-pounding moment. Yeah. It eventually goes to overtime. You lose the toss. You have to play offense, and then you give up a walk-off. So it kind of set up a chain of events just not knowing that you wanted to go for two. I can't say that I would have disagreed with that. At least you're trying to make up for a call you knew a lot of people were going to criticize with the holding try to win the game, right? You're playing a good team. Yeah. You're at home. I wouldn't yeah. hate it. Carter, I think, you know, we're riding on all these calls and rightfully so because this coaching staff has lost Syracuse a couple games at this point. We're only six games through the season. But I think you have to take a full evaluation of Tony White and the defense. Yeah, it's ACC play. You understand that the first couple games wasn't, you know, it didn't show exactly what the Syracuse defense was made of because you're playing competition that is lesser. But in ACC play, you still have to hunker down on the defensive side if you want to be known as one of the best defenses in the conference. This defense was awful against Florida State. They looked very off in the second half against Wake Forest. Garrett Williams was blown by a few times. 
it seemed like Amon Greenwood couldn't ever find his footing. Obviously, J- Jason Simmons, what what a game he had. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at this defense, and you really have to take a look at it because this Syracuse offense is doing everything they can, everything they can to keep the orange in the game. And the defense isn't doing the offense any favors. I think for, uh, if you take a step back, you stop worrying about this game because, of course, we're going to talk about the coaching decisions and everything that possibly could have happened. You stop worrying about the hypotheticals. You have to take a step back and look at this defense and reevaluate it. You got a lot of individual talent. I don't know about the camaraderie because it seems like a lot of miscommunication that's been haunting the orange. Yeah, have to agree. You give up 33 points one week, 40 the next. Even though Wake Forest is a good team, that is as big a reason the Orange lost as any. But on that note, we're going to leave it off here on Fizz Final. This has been Carter Bainbridge along with Cam Izzer. Make sure to tune in next week with Orange Fizz. We're going to be covering the Clemson game, so be back on this same page to hear another edition of Fizz Final once we wrap that game up with the Tigers. But for now, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.